Welcome back to the Provise Project. Today on the Provise Project, we have Panina Davidson, a professional basketball player, but just all around, just knowledge gem giver. She gave us some gems in this potty. Hey, um, if you are keen on supporting the podcast, make sure you get over to patreon.com forward slash the Provise Project to help a brother out. Uh, it's $2.50 a month. But anyway, enjoy the podcast. Thank you. There we go, Panina. Hello. What's up? How you been? Yeah, not bad. Just been traveling a little bit in this hot weather, but not bad. I know. So you're in, where are you at the moment? You're in Melbourne? Currently in Townsville. Just got back from Mackay. Look at you. Like, you know, like growing up out of West Auckland, you know, out of the, you know, you would have been you in West Auckland or you just played for West Auckland? I played for West Auckland. Yeah, I, I thought wasn't so. No, so I don't correct you. You, you, you bloody fraud. You fraud. <laughs> <laughs> you fraud. But no, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then, you know, and look at you now. You're traveling around the world. I think you've been to every single country ever. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure too. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Have you been to India? <laughs> yep. Bro, that place is sad, eh? <laughs> Straight up. Um, well, I, I only oh. saw Patel, so I'm not going to stick much on it. Bro. Okay. I, I've already told my India story. On, on my podcast, so I don't want to bore my thing, but it is a crazy place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the driving. Right. The driving. Yeah. I saw this dude, and he had, like, all of these cabbages on this little tiny bike, and then on top of it, he had, like, eggs stacked, and then there was oh, a little yeah. kid holding the, <laughs> standing on the back of the motorbike, holding the eggs that he for. Bro, I was like, far out. Is this South Auckland or what? No, no, no. And my back. And they just like beep their way. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's just beeping everywhere. And then you go to the hotel, and it's just like all goods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is life for you just being like hotels, buses, and gyms? Mm-hmm. Oh, for the last like month, it's been like that for sure. Yeah. It's crazy, eh? What about like yeah. college life? College life would have been like that too, right? Or was it just dorm, school? Gym, repeat. Yeah, pretty much. And then the, like odd uh, travel to another state. That was pretty much what it was like. Man, that's crazy. We'll get into that later. Yeah, but um, no, I'm so happy to have you on. Thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. Um, I mean, the reason one of them, like, I get it all the time. People are like, "Why don't you get some basketball people on? Like, you should get it on. Like, get this person. Get Thomas Abercrombie. Get this guy." And I'm like, "Yeah, no disrespect to Tom." And not really Tom. Tom's actually pretty interesting. These dudes are just like, basketball is like, did you ever feel like that? Like hanging around basketball, not just men, but females as well. Like, it's just like total tunnel vision and nothing else is around. Yeah, it definitely feels like that sometimes too. But I've, I've really noticed that, especially growing up. Like now I'm getting older. I'm like, man, basketball is just not the only thing in the world. Like shock, horror. And, th- and then when you hang around people that, when you hang around people that that's like they are and they look at you, do they ever look at you like, Hey, what do you mean? Like, you know, not like, like you, you work hard, but you know what I mean? Yeah. No, hundred percent. I mean, like, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I feel like that sometimes I'm just like, ah, oh, man, I've got this podcast. I do this. I do that. And they're like, Oh, why don't you, you know, come out to this game or come and watch this. No, I don't want to. anymore. <laughs> I just don't want to. It's just, mm. <laughs> Um, anyway, let's get into high school ball, eh? Cause I- I'm going to skip, I'm going to skip primary and intermediate 
because you know you probably dominated then as well. Did you I dominate did. intermediate? No, I was awful. I know. My first shot was for the other team. I heard about this story, and I yeah. was like, "Nah, not Panina." Not for sure. I How? was awful. Where did that but happen? We skip that if we'd like. <laughs> that was at Trust Stadium, was it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was back when um there was no girls like playing, so I had to join the boys teams. Yeah. That's hard, eh? Yeah, How times have changed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, was it a big trip going to the states and seeing like, ev- like the the young kids? Because I went over, there was like hundreds and hundreds of young female, um, like young girls, like training. I'm like, yeah, this never happens in New Zealand. Nah, and just the amount of like girls wanting, like interested in actually just basketball by itself, like no netball, no nothing, just basketball was crazy. Like that's their that's that's what they're going to be doing, you know, that they've got their yeah. goal. But you yeah. don't get that here, man. Nah. It's really well, sad. not not during my time growing up. Maybe a little bit more now. Um, yeah. But yeah, not but when I, I was growing up. I think now, I think the only reason that's like a thing now is because people like yourself kind of like, like drew up the blueprint to do it because there was no blueprint. I hope so. I mean, I hope like like some of the tall fans, um, current tall fans now, like in my age group, the ones above, and definitely the emerging ones. I'm kind of hoping we became a little bit of trailblazers because it was looking pretty sad when I was um, growing up. Because who was before you? Uh, I got like Jordan Hunter. Yep. Yep. Chev. Chev's a few years older than me. Uh, Michaela Cox. I know she's like quite popular in at Harbour. Those kind of names, the Purcells. But did they go straight to D one like you did? Um, I'm not sure actually. I don't. Yeah, I know the one that went straight D one, but uh, like to a real good school. I don't. I don't think she finished. Was um McCormack. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. What happened with her? She quit. I'm pretty sure she was at um UConn. Yeah, I remember that. Like the school to go to, and then yeah. Man, I remember going to a national camp. Um, and she was she was in the, the you know the boys and girls they did it and they stayed at you know the 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 uh, dorms by by AUT and uh, on Akaranga Drive. Is oh yeah, dorms? yeah. Bro, yeah. I I fucking kid you not. She came out of a Mini Cooper, like she's like <laughs> huge, and her mum dropped her off in a Mini Cooper, and I was like, and she was like legs like this in the back. Like, yeah, I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a joke, but it was like serious. She was dope, man. I, yeah, she was a good baller. I remember hearing about her name when I was younger. Yeah, she would kill everybody. She was yeah, she was way better than everyone else. But like um, but like she did netball as well. Yeah, I think she came back and played netball actually. But like, so I mean, that quitting thing was a legit thing, eh? Like, yeah, that was like a real big thing that we were scared of was going over and just wanting to come home and quitting, you know? Like, you heard about it and it wasn't, like, uncommon to hear about girls just quitting. Mm. All right, let's, we, we, this is, this is going to, I think this is going to happen for the whole interview, Panina. We're just going to, there's going to be something that we're going to start on and it's just going to blop, 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 go into the universe and then we're going to be like, shit, what were we talking about again? <laughs> Holy fuck, what was that again? No, it's high school ball. So was it enjoyable for you? Was high school basketball like, like let's be honest, was the whole ride like from year nine to year thirteen enjoyable for you? Nah, I I like wanted to quit at least every three business days for sure, um, and I was one of those like went to netball to try find some fun in basketball ones. Like yeah, it was it was rough because it was just 
I didn't realize why at the time, but it just there just was not opportunities quite like the rest of the world. So it just made it hard to love basketball when it was just kind of the same. And that's not to fault anyone. It's just is what it is in New Zealand. Because you started off at St. St. Mary's, eh? St. Cuts. St. Cuts, that's what it was. So. Yeah. You guys were pretty good. Uh, no, we weren't actually. We were it's... opens. Yeah, and, and you then, won opens. Uh, yeah, because we had yeah. the um, Fitzpatrick's. Oh. Twistle and Teresa. Yep. So Twistle's in the t- Silver Ferns, I'm pretty sure, and Teresa's in the rugby team. Okay. I think I've so they were like legit athletes. Yeah. Um, Savannah, Breeze, some of the names. And then, yeah, we made our way into Prems. And then... Uh, that was the last time St. Cuss was in Prems. <laughs> <laughs> They've done all right, though. They're coming... They're, they're, I, I know the dude that's kind of like helping them out, and he's all right. Yeah. But like, yeah, you, you don't have the horses in the race. Nah, well, I'm going to be honest. I could not last at that school. It was just racist as... That's a that's a big thing though. Like I'm gonna say anything. I don't want to say anything with Saint at the start of it because there's probably some other ones. But like those elitist schools, yeah, yeah, you do that. And being from yeah. someone descent like yourself, like you would have seen that shit all the time. Well, it was like it was just more like the undercover ones. So real short story, but one. So there's a scholarship for uh, Polynesians, right? And I wasn't on that scholarship. Um, because my family could afford to go to St. Cuffs, but that wasn't without people assuming that I was on the scholarship all the time. Yeah. And I had people be like, are you on scholarship? Nah, but isn't your people on scholarship? Oh. I'm like, what do you mean? Um, another one is a teacher stopped me. I was with all the other, like I went straight from one class to the other. Teacher stopped me and said, what are you doing? I said, walking to class. She's like, um, comes, well, first of all, she went back up, locked the doors. and like, man, I'm not going to steal anything. Like, whatever. She's like, are you, um, what are you doing out here? You should be a role model for your people. And I'm like, what do you mean by people? Like, <laughs> like what? what is this? Your people? Yeah. So I was just like, I got sick of the, the little subtle racist um, comments I just kept getting. And I was just like, you guys are all in a bubble, bro. Like, Yo, yeah. that's crazy. Yo, mm. and Penina, I know your mum. And I know you would have told your mum and she would have straight up. Fuck, I can yeah, imagine her just... warrior, my mum. <laughs> no, a... she's not. She's tough in real life too. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, would've... but it was like, she got her little warrior fingers to work and sent a bomb email and that was that was that with that school. Fucking A. Well, that's it though. But like there's heaps of schools like this that people just don't... Like I'm going to use King's for example, right? King's College yeah. is in Mangere. Like it's in Otahu. It's in Mangere. It's in the It's in the hood. Like it is in the yeah. hood. But this little tiny little place next to Middlemore Hospital has all these things, and then they give these, they give these handouts to these star rugby players, and think that's yeah. enough. No, fucking bullshit. No, and like I, I don't know. I just look. St. Cast might be really cool for some people. This is just my experience. I just didn't like the way you know being brown what like made me feel there. Like I was only being used as an athletic tool and that was it, you know? Like I couldn't just go to that school just to go to that school. It had to be like, oh, you on scholarship? Were you handed? And I was just like, what? Even if I was, like, so you probably, had nothing to do with my skin color. That at was, the like, time, weird. though, at the time, yeah. being a young, you know, young person, you probably like, how would you, re- how did you, I don't want to say, how did you react to it? But how, like, how does anybody react to that? You don't even fucking know. It's like, is that racist? Well, like, you know what I mean? 
it was a bit like that. It was just very confused. It was confusing for sure. Like, and then you know when you're talking about it to the other brown girls, it was like, was that racist? And then it was like, yeah. It was like, is that a reason we only band together and don't hang out with anyone else? Yeah. And it was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, that's why we just yeah because. And yeah, it's just like a little, yeah, the bubble thing is exactly what it is. It's that yeah. they live in this little contained privileged bubble that they don't know, you know? It's crazy. Well, it's beautiful and all, but I'm like, well, I don't want to be a part of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember, yes, I, I, I was working at a school one time and it was like quite upmarket. Like I was just there for a couple of, couple of days and uh, someone was complaining around their pool not being cleaned. It was like, <laughs> it was, no, nah, it was one of these ones, Fanina. Like, everyone had to go around and say, like, how their weekend was. It was, I don't know what the fuck was going on, right? And I was the last one, eh? Oh, I was like, and then the, one, the lady next to me was like, um, well, you know, I was really annoyed. I had a hard weekend because I couldn't get in the pool because it wasn't cleaned. And, you know, and, and the lady, and then it came to me and I go, man, uh, two houses on my street got, uh, home invasion the other day and uh is it is it and uh, bro, i was just pulling out all the random like south auckland ones and they looked at me like oh my god <laughs> and i was just sitting there tv shows fuck, i was bro, i was stone cold face yeah my friends uh my friend got his house burgled while he was sitting there and oh fuck man and just to see their faces i was like yeah you fellas are too fucking privileged man shit i can imagine that was like you sitting in class <laughs> i mean like it's, it's different because i i was able to afford the school, like my family sorry um was able to afford the school but i definitely did see that mentality mm. um and that's i found that hard you know like i had girls who were coming to school driving in their lexus and but it, even i thought that was privileged and i was able to afford the school you know what i mean so it's like i definitely saw like the attitude and the privilege that you know, being at a school like that came with, and I did not like that. I did not like what some of them embodied, and it was just, yeah. I mean, not to, like, I've met some amazing people from that school, but a lot, you know, like. But I, I think it also comes down to, like, their reflections of their parents, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, like, look, if we were to sit in a big circle and talk about our problems, I guarantee you my pool not being cleaned was not going to be one of <laughs> like, like, this is what I mean is, like, those parents probably don't really value things like being humble and helping other people. They're just worrying about what's in their bubble, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's not what I was brought up on. I, I mean, know. I mean, like I started off, you know, we started off eating fish sticks for dinner. So it wasn't always like that, oh, yeah, I know. but, but yeah, it was just different values. Like even for example, there was this camp that they did for a month. You just, you went away for a month um, out of the school year just to go to some camp, Kahanui, we did all these cool stuff, and I was like, man, even just to be able to take a whole month off and just not think about anything else was like crazy to me. That's like some crazy amount of privilege that you could just use <laughs> a whole month off in the year. Like, wow. <laughs> oh man, I've always been interested to know what like that kind of that, like schooling in those schools because man, I came from like my school was like it's like one of the worst schools in New Zealand, and uh, you know it, it was just normal for me. But then you know. Yeah. I remember I got offered a job at St. Kentigan's to coach with, mm. uh, with Colin Driscoll. And I turned it down, man. Cause I was just like, I don't relate with these kids at all. Yeah. Like they yeah, probably yeah. think I'm cool. And I'm like, Oh, yo, here's a funny story for you. 
okay, I was sitting on the bench because I was on the with with your brother actually. So I was on a thing, and um, you know, I was talking with Nico, you know, who's from mm-hmm. the hood, and I was talking to Ty and all, and your bro and all this. And then I look around and I see, I'll say I'll say his name. I saw Matt Freeman staring at me like, is he like how is he talking like this? Because I was like swearing at them like, man, fuck you, you piece of fucking. Like I was going, and then like I was just like I could see in Matt Freeman's eyes like, is is this guy like Maori? Like, and if he's Maori, how can I speak like that? And I was just, and then he would he came over. He was like, bro, you're the man, bro. And I was like. No, nah, you just haven't seen people like me before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love Matt Freeman though, but shit, uh, I could tell he was intrigued by somebody yeah. that's not brown but can lo- looks white but talks brown because I think he was like, maybe I can do that. Maybe but then, that, yeah, but then it comes that whole conversation of like, what does it even mean to act brown? Like, like what kind of box are you putting me in? Just saying I have to act a certain way, you know? Mm. And then if I don't talk brown. What does that make me? And it's like, why? Why is there even characteristics with with that? Did you get that at your school? Yeah, I mean, even just like I grew up, uh, grew up. I went to Berkeley, and Berkeley's one of the most like liberal places in the planet. And it was just kind of like learning what it meant to be brown or what it means to be whatever. And I'm just learning. I hate all of it because it's like, don't chuck me in a box. Like yeah. you're already confining me, and especially when you're a minority, you're already confined to some like real BS stuff. So it's like to have that on top of all that is just crazy. Like just, I don't think that there should be ways of acting brown or acting whatever or talking, you know, like when you, when you do a speech and someone's like, Oh, you're really well-spoken. And it's oh. like, why? Cause I'm brown. Like. <laughs> Fucking hell. I think like, like, um, like let's talk about like being an, a, a Pacific Island uh, emerging athlete in New yeah. Zealand. This is, a, yeah. this will be interesting. Because that was you, you know? Like, what What was that like for, I mean, even at St. Cuss, obviously, we could probably guess it was pretty fucked up. But then going to a school like Rangitoto, like, yeah. did you, how was it? Like, did you, you know, I know obviously you didn't want to be in that box. Like, you're like, fuck it, I'm not like that. But what was yeah. it like? Well, it's, it's a loaded question. So there's this uh, terminology I studied in, in Berkeley. It's called uh, intersectionality. And it basically talks, it's not hierarchy, but it talks about the different parts of your life that intersect to make your life the way it is. So, for example, I am a Polynesian, I'm, I'm Polynesian, so that's one. And then you add on top of, like, I am a woman, Samoan. So that's, like, two different intersections that create my life that would be different from someone who's, say, like, poly and male, mm. if that makes sense. Yep. Um, so there's, there's like different categories that just kind of change bits of your life. So saying that my life as like a woman Polynesian athlete was interesting because I wonder what it would have been like if I wasn't the athlete part, but people have that expectation that I'm poly. So they would have assumed, oh, you must be really good at sport. And I was like, what? wait a minute. Like, what if I really wanted to become a scientist? Mm. Would that have happened? I don't know because I was put into that athletic box because I was poly and, you know, had a build that was probably beneficial for sports, if, if that makes yep. any sense. Um, and looking back at it, I wish, you know, like when I was at St. Cuts, I actually spent a lot of my lunch times in the library. Um, and I kind of wish I stuck with the books because I think a job outside of basketball might have taken me further than I am now. Mm. 
Um, and I find that hard that we stick, you know, we see Polly builds as, as a young kid and we're like, oh, they must be really good at volleyball. Well, they look at those legs, they must know how to sprint. Mm. And like, man, they're going to be such a good tackler or like, and it's like, wait a minute, do they even want to do sport? Like, like, yeah. So that's just my little rant about like no. being Polly. Because I think, the- yeah, I mean, like media too, I, I suppose like not really when you're in high school, but the other side of things is like the pressures that, are expected upon you, you know what I mean? For being yeah. a, a, a Polynesian female athlete. Because, yeah. you know, the there isn't many, well, there, there are, but, you know, when the ones that come through, they just, oh, yeah, let's put them in the box, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or, like, let's just chuck them into the netball game or stuff like that. And, like, that's why I love my parents. My parents did a great job of chucking other things outside of sport in my face. You know, like, I was, I was thrown into the piano, like, early on hated it at the time but now it's like oh thank you like you taught me other things outside of sport um or you know if I express interest in art my dad was the first person to chuck a tablet in front of me and be like all right go draw um just stuff like that but it's like not everyone gets that privilege to just explore other things because like their whole life by their parents by friends by school they're told like oh you must be great at like touch or rugby and, you know, this poor, like, Polynesian kid is stuck into the sporting world before they even know they like it. That's the thing, too. And, and you know who feeds into those a lot is these coaches, man. Like, these coaches, yeah. bro, these coaches at, like, under 11s, under 13s. Man, and I, I have to put myself, like, I was in that box at one time where I was yeah. like, nope, I come here to take my, I, I spend my time with you guys. Basketball is all you care about. Da, da, da. And it wasn't until I became a father when I was just like, you know what? Just let them choose. And man, like this, I've seen some fucking horrendous shit, eh? Of like yeah. coaches just putting these unrealistic expectations on kids to yeah. be the next Stephen Adams or the next Penina Davidson. And it's like, yeah. bro, let them be kids, bro. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And like, I've had a few parents actually ask me like, what do I do? Like, how do, like, how do I train my kid? And the kid's like 10 or something. And I'm like, first of all, make sure they like it. Yeah. Like training will come. I promise you that. And like, you're going to want the kids to want to train. Cause that's when you get the actual good training in, but like you put this kid into like three trainings a day and they're just going through the motions. That's just wasted time. And I think, yeah, that enjoyability of that's why I did ask you. That's why I, I, I've what I had that question set up, not set up, but I, it was always like, I always wanted to ask you cause you're not the only one too. Like I've known, I've yeah. talked with a lot of uh, female basketball players and you know, I asked them like, "Is it thing?" And they'll they'll be like, "No." And you could tell, like, they won't say it at the time, yeah. like during high school, like they won't yeah. say it. But I'll, you know, I'll say, "Is it enjoyable? Are you having fun?" And then some of them, yeah, 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 of course. But you could see that they're not. No, I mean, like my sister went through the same thing, and I just told her like one time, like, you know, do you even like it? Like, why are you doing it? And you have to ask, why are you doing? It? You're just doing it because you've been told that you should go to college, you know, or. And that's why I said, like, I wish I learned early, uh, like way earlier that school's actually really cool because maybe I could have studied the books and become like a scientist or a doctor mm. or something. But I don't know because my path was always like, you have to go to college. And then once college happened, I was like, dang, I wasted all my college years focused on the ball when I could have had all the school, you know? And it's just like the amount of kids that are thrown into that, you have to like it because um, they're too scared to say otherwise. It's just real sad. I think you see all these coaches like, these uh, high-performance coaches that have you fucking rolling fucking medicine balls across the courts and doing fucking 
a hundred dribble moves. And it's like, bro, like that shit is not fucking relevant, but you're selling this dream to these kids, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's the problem is what these kids need to realize is it for sure is a dream. Look, I'm not going to say it's not a dream because I've like, I have a degree out of it. I've traveled the world out of it or like I've seen a lot of things from it, whatever. It is a dream, but it comes with a lot. And that's what I don't think people are understanding is like, it's not just the dream. There's also multiple nightmares along the way. And people don't realize that like, man, I've seen some crazy shit. Like, yeah, yeah. Like being in the basketball realm i've seen some like some amazing athletes that just dwindle away because they just don't like it i mean ella ella footy was a perfect example okay athletically just awesome she's just like fuck i don't like this high school shit you know Mm. and then it took her going away and finding the love again for the game and now she's back in it you know yeah yeah and but the cool thing is is like now she's doing real awesome stuff with her environmental studies Oh, you know, yeah. and it was like she got to take that time where she hated basketball to go find something else, you know, something that's going to last outside of basketball. I'm not saying everyone should quit and whatever. I'm just like, there's other things outside of basketball. Like if basketball does not work out, do not worry. Do you think that the RIP program works in New Zealand for female basketball players? I, don't, I can't speak on it now because my, my oh. experience is way different. Okay. Well, sorry. I thought you said, I thought you were about to say like, Legally, I'm not allowed to say anything. <laughs> no, nah, I'll say whatever. But uh, no, I can't because my experience was like my dad took my rep team. So I just had dad that was able to help out. And, you know, like I was able to trust him, which I find most kids don't normally get, you know. Mm. Um, and so I, I had a pretty good rep, rep uh, experience. And I don't think it's like that. Was it hard moving, like having dad for your coach for the, the longest time? Uh, and then, you know, going on to another style of coaching? Uh, no, was- he was quite hard on me, which was good. And uh, it was hard to learn how to be coached by a woman because I always had a male perspective because I had Ake and my dad. Um, so when I had woman coaches for the first time, that was like a bit of a shock and difference. But apart from that, it was hard just being coached by dad because it's dad. Yeah. Um, but no, I was pretty blessed with that, with that early stuff. Okay, can I give you a good Greg story? <laughs> sure. Are you ready for this? <laughs> I'm, I'm getting prepared. Okay. So your dad was coaching Rangi Toto at the time. You know, he was yeah. doing his thing. Him and and um, we were in camp. <laughs> Fuck, here we go. We were in camp, getting ready to go over and play Aussie in three games. And um, so for those that don't know, Greg is uh, Benina's dad. Uh, and then <laughs> we had a, we, we wanted to run. We, we needed a scrimmage. So uh, he goes, oh, yeah, I'll get I'll get a couple of people in. You know, we'll get some boys in. He got some in, but they only had four. So he was like, I'll jump in. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> anyway, these are big boys. This is Ty Winyard. This is Hewitt. This is fucking Kane. All these ones, right? And then... so. <laughs> It was like two minutes into the fucking game, right? You gets a rebound, and you're—I don't know why your dad did this, but he jammed up, right? Jammed the rebounder on the outlet, okay? And you just Albert his face, and I felt so sad for him, man. I was like, you why did you do this? And he was like, oh, and you was like angry. I was like, you what are you so angry for, bro? You just fucking this is your coach, G. <laughs> and he's like, no, he was in my fucking space, and da 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 da. I was like. 
And then we had to, then like we we, we couldn't play the game because we only had four players. Away. Oh, oh, <laughs> he, he went away, bro. His nose was all fucked up, man. I was, I was like, damn, Greg, oh. are you all right? And he's like, yeah, bro, I'm good. I'm good. I can keep playing. His nose was like this. And I was like, <laughs> fuck, bro. Like, I think you might have to go get your nose sorted. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'll be all good. Then I felt so bad for him. That was, but he was a trooper, man. Shit. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Fucking nah, he's, he, he's all right. The <laughs> thing I love about dad is he never did it for the money. That's true. You know? Yeah. He but, didn't need it, so he didn't do it for the money. He did it because he cared. And, it, you know, it might come across as quite odd or strange to some people, I, I know, but it's like you can't deny the man genuinely cared. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Every conversation, every time I see him, he always says what's up. He, does, he probably forgets my name. He doesn't know who the fuck I am. But he always says what's up. And then, uh, you know, he always gives me the head nod. And then, uh, but yeah, always that's my that's my number one memory of your dad was just getting fucking <laughs> smacked in the nose and blood everywhere. And then you were like, yeah, get out of my fucking way. And I'm like, bro, relax, he's like, relax. <laughs> you know, you know what you it's like. He's a fucking. Uh. And then I was like, damn, bro. And then, yeah, that was that was quite. Quite uh, out of it. And then Jack Salt, because Jack Salt was on the team. And Jack was like, Oh, man, a while ago. I know, this is going back. That's yeah. Uh, that was when uh, we went to Knox and, uh, with Isaac, and we, we beat the Aussies once. We beat them. It was three game series. We lost game one by a lot. Then we, uh, then we lost game two by one point. Oh. Yeah. I think you were there. I think you came over. Oh. The girls were on. It was the girls one as well, and t- yo, and Tara fucking killed everyone. No, and, I was I was too young. For, no, no, no. Oh, sorry, too- I think you came over to watch. I think. Oh, sick. Mm, yeah. yeah, good on Tara. She's she's shaping up to be a real nice baller. Oh. Uh, but yeah, so but what's the craziest parent story you've ever seen or heard? I got a couple. I'm not dropping names, but no, drop yeah, names. We- just one parent did this, and yeah. Craziest parent story. I mean, I, I don't remember details. I just remember, like, parents were getting, like, fistfights and stuff. I know that over, like, their kid. And their kid's probably sitting at the end of the bench, like, not even wanting to play. <laughs> and these parents are, like, having a fistfight out in the reception. Like, <laughs> uh, I've had, being, like, a coach and being a selector, man, I've had, like, people find out where I live, man. Come to my house. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had, like, I've had a parent who's, like, stalked my Instagram and, like, sent me a bunch of messages to try and, like, help fix their daughter and stuff like that. Um, that's been pretty heavy. And, like, I'll get, like, the actual missed calls on the Instagram from them. Wow. I'm like, I need to help my daughter. And I'm like, oh, man, like. Oh, my gosh. What do you, what do they expect you to do? Well, Look I'm at like. And give you the, like. You'll be like this to me. No wonder your daughter's, like, struggling. That's a. For, that's the first sign of that shit, eh? Yeah, yeah. When they yeah, start yeah. making, when they start, like, if the kid approached you and be like, "Hey, like, could you help me with my jump shot?" Then I know you'd be like, "Oh, okay, sure." But as a parent, you'd be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, like, go take your kid somewhere else. I don't think your kid wants to play basketball. <laughs> oh man, was it? What was the high school nationals like for you? I loved it. It was so great, but that was more from the social thing, and plus, like, um. Rangi was like most likely to be in at least the top three, the very least back then. So that was always cool. I could just guarantee top three and then just a massive social setting. It was the life. Yeah. 
What was that Frasier game like, eh? I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> nah, not from a personal standpoint, like a game standpoint. No, nah, we were laughing about that the other day. We were like, what in the world were we doing as kids involved in a game like that? Fuck. That shit went to court, man. Yeah, that was, it was just ridiculous. It was stupid. But you know what Like, it really comes down to? is the rick thing. I, I, I was wasn't there, but I've heard. Do you let it get like that? And the fact that we're talking about it years later is like, mate, that had to have been the worst rift game I can remember. But we both know why the refs were like that. Yeah, because they were scared. <laughs> yeah, that's all it was, man. Straight up. Does that, and we won't drop names, but does that, is that shit fucking, like, weird to you? It's it's annoying. It's annoying because it's like I spent my childhood worried about crap like that when I could have been worrying about getting better, you know? And there and I didn't realize it at the time, but there are people around the world that were getting better and not having to worry about wow. crap like that. That's powerful, that one. It's, but it's true. And it comes down to adults not acting like adults acting like kids when kids needed the adults. And I like I sound mad, but it's like, yeah, because that hindered my like getting better. Like who got better from that? Nobody. No one. Yeah. The lawyers got better. I would hope so. Yeah, they was... I mean that's how far it got. Now the people at home, we're not gonna we're not gonna dwell on that. But I had to bring that up. <laughs> because <laughs> I like hearing these stories, I just sit but now like sitting back outside of the basketball arena, I just think fuck there's some out of a people in this world. <laughs> Like, yeah. you know, and then yeah. to be able to, this is what I want. It's that cult-like mentality, you know, of yeah. somebody is up there and these yeah. people kind of like worship this person, these people. Yeah. And you're, you're sitting back like, fucking why? Like, yeah. you know, that yeah. shit confuses me. Yeah. Small world, small mentality. Yeah. Anyway, moving forward. Ah, what about like um, reps coming up? Like who's who's some of the coaches that took you for oh sorry national national program coaches national who's, your, program. who's your first national program coach? I want to say it might have been Sean. I don't remember anything prior to that. I got cut when I was twelve from the under sixteens team, bro. That was a ruthless interview. They had three letters. It was like you made it, uh, reserve, and you didn't. And the way they said, I like sat down and I was real nervous because I was twelve. And they're like, well, you're not getting these two, so it must mean you're getting this one. And I was like, yeah, cool. Um, anyway, I got dropped then, and then I think it was – I want to say it was Sean. Sean. Um, I can't think of his last name. Is it but, the, um, the ringer guy? He's got a daughter, Dallas. Dennis. Sean Dennis. Den- oh, I was going to say Dennis, but, yeah. He's in Japan, eh, that dude? Is he now? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think it was Sean Dennis. Sean Dennis, yeah, yeah it's Sean Dennis. It is? He was in Townsville. He did the NBL. Yeah, I'm pretty sure nah, it's from nah. Dennis. Are you sure? No, nah, the one I'm thinking of is a, a Moldy dude. Oh, okay. Oh, us? Yeah. Um, but no, nah, I, I liked him. He was he was really cool to me. And then after that, I think it was Ake. Ake was for a lot of them. I had Brett Goebel. I had Brent. Yeah. Man, Brett Goebel. Holy moly. Yeah, yeah. Look at yeah. that shit, eh? Actually, yeah. that's Paris's dad, though. Yeah. Like, God damn. Oh, you've yeah. gone off for a bit. I don't know what happened. There we go. Yeah, man. Like, because I know Brett from way back. Because he was, bro, Brett actually, like, created the WBC. 
Yeah, yeah, he was real awesome, especially, you know, considering his daughter doesn't play basketball. Um, you know, that was, I can always appreciate someone that took the time to invest in us, and then we have a whole league out of it. And Yeah, and now, like, and his daughter's, like, slaying it all over the world, man. Yeah, she's killing it. She's so killing it. Yeah. Um, and then, like, what's, what's, like, some highlights from your, like, national team career type thing? Oh, honestly, well, it was winning one of the tournaments for the first time after. It was like like when Guy came in um, and we won the whole tournament and that was like quadruple the amount of wins I had in one week um, in my whole career. There was also the whole Europe trip was just so cool just because I got to see Europe and then hearing the national anthem. Yeah, that's always oh, my one. What was yeah, that, sir? Playing. At home, sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Was that the one? Oh, yeah, I remember that one too. That was at North Shore Event Center? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, my first, like, and obviously not as an athlete, but as a coach, the first time that I stood up and I was like, I was standing there and the National Anthem was playing, I was like, holy shit, like, you know, you kind of buzz out, like, fucking hell, there's this, you know, millions of, uh, millions of people in New Zealand, and I was very lucky that I could stand and represent my country, and uh, yeah. a lot of people kind of, like, don't really, you know, you got to, it's it's one of those times where you just like you buzz out and then you smell the roses for a little bit and then it's fucking into whatever. Yeah, yeah. But also, like, I didn't realize till recently again that um, not many people have the privilege of just being able to be proud of their national anthem. Mm. You know, like I have some American friends that aren't proud of it. So the fact that I can like tear up in my national anthem and, and you know feel pretty proud of being a New Zealander is special. Mm. Do you think um? Why is why do you think that WBC or not the WBC but why do Aussies do it like basketball so much better than us? Um, well, they're however much bigger than us as well, so they just Apart have choose from. Um, which I think that's really you know like look at the countries that do succeed. It's the bigger countries, the mm. ones with more money, the ones with way more people to select from, way more coaches to select from, all of that. Do you, do you see that, like, are they more, I think they're a lot more organized than we are. Yeah, and that comes down to money. They have the money to afford people to for the right job and et cetera, et cetera. Because, man, you go, like, I remember going on a um, tour in Melbourne, and it was just, like, there was just little gyms everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah. that's, that's not like, in New Zealand, like. Yeah, I mean, three. I don't know how big it is, like, compared, but Australia is just massive compared to New Zealand. Mm. And then you take that, there's just so much more to choose from. Because I think, yeah. So WBC in New Zealand, do you, do you believe that they're doing a great job? Like, So WBC is our New Zealand WNBL. Um, like, do you think that the coverage is improving? or what do you reckon? Last year it was. Yep. Last year, for sure it was. Last year was one of the biggest strides we've taken since WC started. Because you know, Positive direction when it came to coverage. Well, I mean, there's from nothing to something is always going to yeah, be a massive. Yeah, yeah always. But uh, last year was definitely by far the biggest improvement. I think, um, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think, what do you think we, I'm not just going to be straight up though. Like women, female, females in sport get a really bad, uh, what's the word? They just fucking, people just overlook them. And I think it's fucking bullshit. Like, I, man, and I, I said this to you before, uh, the WBC final 
between you guys in the dream um, was probably disregarding any um, gender was the best game I saw all year. Yeah. Um, crazy. I mean, I have a lot to say about this stuff and like for, I can pull out a few examples. Um, one of them. So my friend runs a, a woman's sports highlight page and it's called highlight her um, on Instagram. And it's got like 72,000 followers, something like that. Like she, she's got the page popping and it's um you know, like it's done through, it's, it's, it's legit. Like, I think it's got the blue check, everything. It's legit. Yo. Anyway, she posts just like real dope videos of just women just being beasts in their sport. Um, and because she's a basketball commentator for the WNBA, a lot of it's basketball. And the amount of comments I see from men, I haven't really seen some from girls or women, but men, boys, whatever, just absolutely like, I won't cast, but like just the most horrendous comments I've seen on that page is just so disheartening. Mm. And that's just like a small example of what it's like to be a woman's athlete on like social media. So it's just like, if you take into account just how much slander we get on an innocent highlighting woman page, you can imagine what it's like in the real world or what it's like just anywhere, you know, like you look at a WNBA highlight and it's just men slandering us just comment after comment. And the worst part is it's not even original or funny. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was maybe funny back in the day, but it's like, man, you've been making the same jokes for like however many years now. Like, bruh, you guys are all making the same joke. And it's just, it's just sad. Like they can't even celebrate women just playing basketball. We have to like slander it. I think like the internet in itself is full of little cowards. Like they would never say that in real life. But when, I mean, Man, if it's not going to, you know, if it's not going to affect me, I'm not going to speak on it. And that's what kind of gets me too, is I see, yeah, I've seen them too. And I see it on the ESPN pages. I see yeah, it on like right. everything. Yeah. But there are yeah. like, and I think like, um, you know, Kobe did a, a, a massive thing, you know, before his passing. And then you see all these um, NBA players with the orange hoodies and stuff like that. But yeah, still yeah. like, there's a lot more they could have done. There's a lot more they can do apart from wearing a fucking orange hoodie and thinking it's all good and I've done my part, you know? Well, there's two sides of me with that. And it's funny you bring up Kobe because like RIP and, you know, like that man, he did a lot for women's basketball and I can be definitely grateful for, you know, his just even his attention towards women's basketball. But I have to ask the question, do you think we would have got that same attention from Kobe if he didn't have a daughter? That's true. And like, we kind of are in a place where we can argue where we get the attention because honestly, it's just so beneath the floor. It's like, we'll just be grateful for any attention. But you have to ask, like, are these men, would they even care if they didn't have daughters? Or is it because they, they have daughters now? They're like, oh, I suddenly see what it's like to be a woman. It's like, man, screw that. Like, I've been on this earth with you this whole time. And now you're seeing because you have a daughter of your own. Like, you never hear, oh, yeah, uh, a woman started caring because she had a son. You know, yeah. you never hear that. That's true. But I hear all the time, I only started caring about women when I when I had a daughter myself and I realized and it's like what? Here, I <laughs> not, mean, not all men are gonna have daughters. So like what? They're just not gonna care. I'm not saying this about all men, but more often than not, like you know, like Kobe happened because Gigi happened. Mm. The other thing too and is I like, wonder, before yeah, before like before they had daughters, they had wives, yo. Right. Or, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah, like the, I mean, they could have been doing that same thing. 
you know, and it's, yeah, it's, it's really messed up. Like, and I, it's a societal thing. It's, I mean, you, yeah. you know, like it's a societal thing, but I think, yeah, the slander bullshit that's on the internet is just oh, it's, crazy. It's so like, it like, sometimes we can laugh about it, but sometimes it like genuinely hurts because it's like, like we're just doing innocent stuff like playing basketball <laughs> and they really feel the need to go out their way. And it, the problem is it's not just one or two, like two people. It's like thousands and hundreds and just like so many boys just come in to slander women. And it's like, you just really hate women. Like it's got nothing to do with the sport at this point. You just really yeah. hate women. What's um, like what was it like at at college though? Was it like that? Uh, college was amazing because, uh, like, they love women's basketball in um America, and I mean you know it comes with the hate, but they have super fans for women's basketball over there. Why don't we have this shit? Not in like just in Australasia, like. I mean, you know, just in New Zealand as a whole, and this, I mean, that's a massive question to answer, but I mean, you know, netball comes into, into play and, you know, the, the tall poppy syndrome that we have in New Zealand comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so, there's so many intangible things that just ruin it for young, young, young females that want to play sport. Like, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, um, the Auckland Ballers page, like they're, they're amazing. You know, they, they definitely support the women's basketball game and, and all that kind of stuff. But I remember they posted a video of Mary Golding and all she was doing was just dancing and training. Like that was it. It was as basic as that. And like, even that got like three or four different comments of some dude talking about like, Oh, I'll waste her in a game of one-on-one. And it's like, bro. Step okay. Up. Step up then. Like, but it's like, bro, you probably benched in your social league. Like, and you feel the need to like, like, it's just so weird. And that's just like a tiny, tiny example of what women face in these social media pages. Yeah. It's, and the other thing that gets me really, and I mean, like people need to step up, like not like male athletes and just males in general just need to step it up and go, bro, that shit's not cool, man. The, the, the best thing to do is just write dry or like, dry. And then, you know, that's the easiest way to do it. But there needs to be more kind of like, yo, that shit's just not on B. I, I tried to do that once um, on my friend's page and man, the comments that like they were slandering me and they were like wow. doing their research about me. And I was like, Oh man, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> but like, it's just crazy. Like they really be coming for the women and it's like, it's disguised hiding behind the sport, but it's like, nah, you take away the sport. Like you just straight up hate women. That's all it is. Mother issues going on. You know? Yeah. You're just using sport to like hate on the women, but it's like, I see right through you. Like, fuck i think yeah. i think like i mean once once there's I, I think the media like people like auckland ballers who do a great job just keeping mm. you know just pushing i mean i see justine's page on facebook and man that lady works so hard for that that stuff you know and she brings out all the new stuff and these athletes that we didn't even know about that are in the in the uh juco system from new zealand and it's really fucking buzzy man yeah, yeah. But we need yeah. more people. We need more fighters like that. Yeah. I mean, just, just, and I love the girl dads and I love all the, you know, like I, I really appreciate any support from men and women that we get because we just cannot, we're not in a position to be choosers, you know. Um, but it would just be nice to have a man care about women's basketball because they care about women. Yeah. Not because they have 
some connection to a woman that made them see the light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was weird. It's actually quite funny because I, I mean, I coached, I coached boys to start yeah. off with. Right. And then when Jody asked me to come over and help her with the, with the, uh, JTF, I said, yeah, of course. And then I got, I even got comments then like, I thought you only coached boys. It's like, how the fuck is it any different? Like, you know, I get the athleticism side of things. That's, that's cool. But it's actually like, for me, it's easier to coach girls because they're more fun to, fundamentally, they do exactly what you ask. Like, like it's like, yeah. I need you to go down there. They don't try to fucking three crossovers and bomb, bomb, bomb. You know, she, they just do exactly what you ask. Not the boys. They're fucking too much ego. Yeah. You know what's crazy is the difference I think between coaching women and men is one. I think it comes down to like men can dunk, and it's just like okay, yeah. So you got the athletic side, whatever. But it's the the coaching of egos. Like I think for men you have to coach their egos, but for women you have to build up their egos because mm. they've just been counted out for so long, and yeah. that's just so sad. Wow, that's powerful too, y'all. That's a power. <laughs> oh, that's a powerful comment right there. And look at you. You need to write a book, Panina. Shit. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Just like <For> quotes. Sure. <laughs> uh, man, so like, because there wasn't anybody, and we said that before, there was no one coming out of college before you. Like, there was, but it wasn't like that one. You were the first one I knew that was like, yo, I'm just going to, let's go. And and yeah. you did so, like, it was awesome that you, you know, and I, I believe that you you, set, you you broke a lot of boundaries and you uh, blazed a lot of trails um, in, in that pathway. Because yeah, like like what we talked about before, there was some going, but like it wasn't documented like your one was because you went straight to a D one. Um, how did how did the whole college process happen for you? Um, like I said before, I was extremely privileged to have parents who who might not have known what they were doing, but made it their effort to try and figure it out. Um, and they just put me on a plane and chucked me into a Stanford camp. Um, and the fact that I was able to have that opened up a whole new pathway that not many other girls got to have. Um, so I was just right in the, like right in front of the Stanford coaches and then they liked what they saw and um, asked me if I wanted to play for Stanford. And I was like, I'd love to. They told me I had to hit a certain grade in the SATs. I did end up hitting the certain grade um, after a long summer of studying for the SAT um, but my grades weren't good enough, so I didn't make Stanford, and they lobbed me over to Cal, and I was just blessed that Cal, you know, were able to take me in, and the rest was history. So what was the, what was the, um, I mean, the four years there, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was your four, li- four years like there? It was a roller coaster. Yeah. I always say it was like a Petri dish, you know, like it's dirty as, because it was like these 18 to 22-year-olds just trying to figure out what their spot in the world is like. And that's messy, especially when you chuck them all together in one big area. Um, it was messy but beautiful at the same time, you know, because I was in one of the most beautiful campuses in the world. Yeah. Um, like, it's literally the number one public university in the world. So it's, like, insane that I was living there for four years and trying to figure out my my spot. Because I think, like, I mean, well, like, we see it on TV, right? You see it on the movies or the frat parties and shit like that. And yeah. a lot of that stuff is kind of like, it depends on where you go, though. But, I mean, that yeah. Cal Berkeley's yeah. quite, like, you know, it's a very, very nice establishment. Yeah. But was that shit, like, did you ever go, was there ever a moment where you were walking, you're like, fuck, that looks like, 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 that reminds me of this movie or something like that? Yeah. 
all the time. I used to say like it was like living on a movie set, for sure. Um, all of it. Like I felt like my life was a TV show, um, which looking back on it, I can appreciate. But at the time, I think I was a bit too young to kind of appreciate it in its full capacity. Did you ever go to Oakland? I did. <laughs> well, did you go there? Throw it up, man. Because I heard that place is gangster. It's 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 beautiful. Like Berkeley, Oakland, San Fran, all of it is just beautiful. And I want to go back so bad so I can like finally appreciate it. Now I'm older. Yeah, because I mean, it would have been like those four years would have just gone crazy, like quick mm-hmm. too. Yeah, it did. It, and it went too fast for me to like catch my feet. So it took me like two years after I graduated to finally kind of comprehend what I just went through. Because, mm. I mean, far out, like going there as a student athlete, you know, there's certain demands, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, real tough. And the, the, like you said, student athlete, right? Which is crazy because my athlete life is going to finish long before my student life will. Mm. Um so it was hard to put athlete first um, when I feel like I should have put student first because at the end of the day, like, it is just a ball. And, yes, the ball brings you a lot of stuff and important stuff and, you know, like lots of, lots of amazing things, but it is just a ball and the ball will stop bouncing one day. So I think what I should have done is just gone to, like, place like Berkeley. I, I needed to just get into every classroom I possibly could have. And I didn't because I was so consumed with this athlete student life. That balance would have been so hard, man, being a, like a, a yeah. 18, 19, 20 year old and just being yeah. like, far yeah. out, man, like it would have been tough. It got to a point where like, even after I graduated, I mean, I still have dreams to this day of like missing exams or missing class. Wow. Um, because that's what my life was like. And like, it got to a point where I didn't actually know what to do with my day because I wasn't used to doing it by myself. Like I was used to following a schedule someone else had made for me Yeah. where every hour was consumed by something. So was that like, so, so you had like keepers pretty much, right? That would kind of put yeah. you into the, like, this is where you're supposed to be and, and things like that. Yeah. We had yeah calendars where it was like, you have tutoring at eight, you have class from 10 to one, you have training from three to six, you have tutoring after. And then like, like it took me a long time to actually eat dinner sitting down because I was so used to eating dinner or lunch, like moving from class to practice or practice to class or something. So I was used to just eating on the go. Wow. And then the day I actually had to sit down, I was like, you don't have to eat it in like 10 minutes flat, you know, like yeah. you can breathe. That would have been, yeah. Cause well, I mean, Man, you're, you'd have to always be on the go. Like, it's like, yeah. get here, get there, get there. Because I've seen, like, schedules from college kids. And, you know, yeah. it's like six in the morning, get up and lift. You know, yeah. it was, and every hour is accounted for because they're yeah. pumping so much money into the scholarship. They're yeah. just like, yo, you need to do all this or else we're going to take it away. Like, yeah. Yeah. Fucking and that's hell. not even to, like, take into account how much money ESPN was making off us. So, you know, like there's a, it's a massive money-making um, industry, so there's a lot that has to go back into it. What's your thoughts on that, then, on the NCAA with, um, you know, their, their rights to, to money and making money off these young kids? Nah, absolutely not. Like, unless NCAA is paying for our scholarships, which they're not, then nah. Like, I'm sorry, that's my face that's going to be used by them for the next however many years they decide. 
you know and like I'm too young to even know what that like the weight of that even means and the fact that I'm not getting a dime from that like from the ESPN and, and all that is just crazy because it's like that's my face bro mm. and you're using it whenever however you'd like anywhere else like you know any yeah. other job you know you could take them away you can say no that's my copyright or da 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 but because you've kind of signed on for all these it's a really messed up like organize not organization but even i suppose organization they've had a lot of kind of like bugs leak out around how fucking corrupt yeah. they are yeah and you can get away with it because you know that the subjects are all too young to really care or like be important enough to make a really big deal about it what about like on campus you know like all the all the stores and stuff like selling did they, did they have uh female um did they have the the women's like shirts and stuff up i'm pretty sure yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure they do. i i kind of like the campus stuff because it, it does create like a cool homey campus feel um it was just the espn like the big money makers where it's like man you guys are already making this crazy amount of money like yeah what you need to rip us all off for what's the craziest building you've been into to play like in, in the college scene oh, oh you can't for sure yeah uh, what was that like playing against uh, Gino I, and all that yeah, I mean, look, they they were dominant for that long for for a reason, and just to walk into a gym like you could feel it. It was like that gym was just breeding champions only. Far out, man. Who was in that team when you played them? Do you remember? Uh, no, I can't remember. I I can see their faces. I just can't remember their names. Sure. It was the year that they were they lost the semi, but it was their dominant years. Like I'd still say they were dominant for winning as much as they did. Hey. Bro, like they've been dominant for like how long? Like, like yeah. they just keep pushing out. So since Sue Bird, man, like yeah, you know, it's just one after the other after the other. And it's like holy shit. But um, Crazy. you know, it's cool that there's underdogs that kind of you know when they get, do get beaten, everyone's like, oh snap, they're not in the finals yeah. this year. Like shit. Yeah. yeah, and that was cool. Yeah. Where's the we furthest? Where's the furthest that you guys got? We Sorry. only got to round two, which you know shouldn't have happened considering. Like, we had some crazy talent in our team. We had four, five, six WNBA players in my time there. Shit. So, we should have gone way further than round two. What happened then? Was it just the upset? March Madness? Uh, like I said before, you had a bunch of 18 to 22-year-olds just not knowing what they were doing. <laughs> well, that's that's legit. You know, that happens. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, during your time in... um. UC Berkeley, it was um, like, I mean, it was a time for you to kind of like, fuck, just leave me putting all goods. I don't even want to interview you anyway. Nice. <laughs> just gap it then. Sweet, all goods. No, um, the the kind of like, um, you kind of like learned about yourself quite a lot as well. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Because you did, was, uh... like, so the next question I have is how many, exactly how many um, dream catches did you buy? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I had them hanging on my ceiling. It was so cool. I actually thought about that. I was going to buy some more. I had about five, but they were like real big pieces too. The expensive ones. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about that at the time. (laughs) So like, like that's why I wanted to move, move forwards with is like mental health and things like that. Like, um, so you, you've, you, you've got diagnosed with with bipolar yeah. while you were there is correct yeah yeah how was that like 
being so far away from home and only having people that you kind of know a little bit, but not a lot, you know, not mm -hmm. like your family. And, uh, yeah. you know, like, man, that would have been, would have been like a really kind of like vulnerable time where you just did, like unsure, you know? Yeah. I can only imagine. It was very trying. Um, it was actually a lot of things. I won't say it was completely negative because it wasn't. Like at one, I got to finally understand like, okay, this is what we're dealing with. Let's finally get somewhere. Um, so it forced me to find some friends and family out there, you know? Like I, I don't like that mentality, me against the world, because it's like, come on, man. Mm. Like it's just you swinging in a dark room by yourself. Like, nah. Um, so it forced me to get out of that whole I'm so alone mentality. Um, and uh, so like with that, all that being said, it, it was, it was hard. I mean, you know, like, like I, I go back to saying the 18 to 22, but it was like, I was young, man. I was young with these confusing as feelings with, of like real serious, morbid stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, it's cool because it, it gives me the outlook that I have, you know, to this day. It, it was real tough. Was it like a relief to find out that like there's actually something that like yeah. what I'm doing yeah. is there's actually something for it? Like, you know? Yeah. And I'm not going to sit here and put it all on, um, you know, the mental health stuff because, you know, like uh, I'd like to say some of it is a choice. And, um, you know, that's coming from someone that was diagnosed with something that wasn't my choice. So, it was it was a relief to know that I am I'm facing something that was outside of my control, um, and from there on, figuring out what that means and how to navigate it was was all like pretty much an experiment, which isn't always bad. Because with with bipolar, there's two sides to it, right? There's the depression side, yeah. and then there's the manic side, right? The mania side. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And then there's two types. I'm if I'm off the top of my head, there's two types of bipolar. There's Bipolar one and bipolar two. And mm. Bipolar two is like when it happens a lot. Am I am I on the yeah. right track here? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. one's more severe than. So yeah. Mm. Um, when's the first time you figured out? Like, when's the first time you could think back to a time that you're like, "Fuck, actually, that was that might have been that time I was up fucking, you know, at three o'clock in the yeah. morning." <laughs> like, you know, when was the first time you can remember? High school, I remember I said to my friend, I was like, man, I, I could, you know, like people say, oh, I'm so bipolar. I was like, no, nah, I really think I got something going on. Um, because just I, I figured out because I was like, the way I was dealing with things just wasn't normal. And I wanted to say normal because it, it just was like not healthy. And I was just like, yeah. And then it finally came to head in college and it was just like the biggest relief because I was like, thank goodness. Like I already suspected, but finally like yeah yeah because i mean like um like i know a, a f yeah and that that was like a cool saying back in the day you know oh i'm so bipolar uh but like actually like it's it's not cool to kind of like normalize it as being like oh yeah huh, i'm so bipolar i used to say it all the time about the weather i was like man the weather's so yeah. bipolar and you know like that seemed that seemed really cool for me to say but now i'm like actually that's not cool for me to say but you know, it's a serious fucking thing, eh? Like, it's not like yeah. it's not a joke. It's like, yeah, yeah. No, so it's you... not no joke at all. And the problem is, I play a sport that already has such intense highs and lows. So dealing with a sport that has highs and lows, battling my own, can be pretty hectic sometimes. You know, it's like Clash of the Titans at best. But um, yeah, yeah. So with those mania episodes where you're just always on. 
and you feel like you're on wet yeah. Red Bulls and you're just fucking yeah. going hard out, like cleaning at yeah. four o'clock in the morning, like going at it. It comes the opposite side, which is the lows and stuff like that. Um, do yeah. you, uh, and like, yeah, do you remember, you know, uh, your first kind of like in, in, in like time where you're just like, fuck, like, why am I feeling like this? Like, I'm feeling really down. I had I had multiple moments where I'm like, why am I feeling like this? But then that's I don't like that whole why am I because it's just like, man, you've been dealt it. Like, so figure it out. And like that sounds real harsh, but it's like, no, nah, like this is it. I can't spend my time saying why not when it's or like why this when it's like let's just figure out how. Mm. Um, and one of the times though, I do remember feeling like that was um i don't know there was a whole bunch of things that led to something and then next thing you know i wasn't living in the apartment i was living in and i was i luckily had a friend who could offer me you know like a single room with her partner her two grown pit bulls and me um and we were just living in this room and i didn't have any money so i was you know just scraping by to buy pizzas that i could maybe like chuck in the freezer and reheat for later or like whatever um they finally found me a room i was in the eighth floor one elevator um and i had to walk up a couple times because the elevator you know is janky and i was on a bunk bed and i remember looking out and i was just feeling low like like that point was just low i had cuts on my arm that weren't healing um whatever and i was lying on my bunk bed like man what the heck like yeah what what did i what happened um and and the sun was setting on San Fran City and I could see it. And I remember just having this moment where I was like, I felt so low, but it was like, okay, it's a choice. Like, like, yes, this and this led to that. I feel awful, but it's a choice, you know, like I had a moment to look at the sunset and be like, that is the 1% of my day. And it just like transformed my whole crappy day. Um, and ever since then, I've just been trying to live with that much, you know, like whether it is the highs or it is the lows, I'm just going to try and, make it a choice you know to look outside is it is it um is it like i i can say because i'm you know i'm not bipolar so like you know I, I don't have anything like that and everything's quite new but what what would be the best like the best way to i don't want to say consult because i don't think that's what it is but when you yeah. have somebody that is going through those lows like yeah what's what's like important to remember when you're approaching those people um depends on the phase that they're in because different phases mean different things like when they're high they could be susceptible to be i mean and people experience the highs and lows differently so it kind of comes down to the person mm. um i'll retract what i was going to say before and say boundaries you need to know boundaries like what are the boundaries and what are the boundaries when they are the two different people so my boundaries when i'm high might be very different from when i'm low um, for example, when I'm high, I might try to stay away from the extra coffee. So if someone can catch me and be like, hey, you don't need that extra coffee, don't. But when I'm low, I might need that extra coffee and someone might need to just let me have the fifth coffee of the day. Yeah. Um, just little things like that. So I think it just comes down to who it is. Like you have to have some kind of understanding of their personality and how it fits with their boundaries. It comes down to rapport, correct? Like having a rapport with that person to tell you. Yeah. Like, it's not just anybody. Like, you know, it has to be somebody that you know and that you trust. Um, with the heavy stuff, sometimes, like, yeah, because, I mean, like, when I'm high, I'm not going to want to hear from just any random person about myself. Mm. I mean, that's because I'm high and I'm probably not, like, you know, in the frame of mind to even be, like, receiving of 
the advice, even though it's good for me. So it's just like, you know, like you have to, it comes down to the person and, and um, the boundaries that they've set or you have established. I think like there's a massive misunderstanding around what bipolar is and what depression is, especially yeah. in New Zealand. Cause New Zealand has this, Oh, you'll be all good attitude. Like, Oh, no. fucking harden up, you know, that kind of attitude. And it's never, it's never going to go away. I reckon like straight up. No. No, I hate it. And you know what I hate more is it's so bad for our men. So bad for our men. At least the women are talking about it. But for our men, it's just like, man, you guys already have so much bullcrap, like toxic masculine mentality about how to act like a macho man and what it means to be the strong macho man. And it's like there's no room for anything sensitive or anything delicate because of that. So to bring mental health into that is just a whole new beast, yeah. which I just, and like, like when I was talking about the intersectionality stuff before you have our poly men who have it different from a white man. Um, and they've got a whole bunch of unrealistic expectations that they've been told being poly, not even a man where mental health isn't allowed to be talked about. So it's yeah. um like, I, I mean, I was reading, I can't remember if I read it. I was reading this article around, um, why Polynesian men uh, find it, not find it so hard, but why it's, there's a spike in there. And it comes yeah. down to the genealogy, like, um, because, I mean, not so far, not so long ago, you know, like we're talking early 19, like 40s, 50s. Yeah. You know, yeah. they they pretty much went to Samoa, Tonga, wherever, and snatched yeah. all these people up just to come and work in the factories. Yeah. yeah. And then, because they're used to, so um, providing for 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 their um ainga, they they yeah. they that's what they're about, right? And then they yeah. come to New Zealand, and the white man is like, "Well, actually, you work for me for thirteen dollars an hour, and um, yeah. we'll give you, you know, and not being equals, and yeah. um, and it comes down to that inner like on the islands, we provide for our we provide for our um our, our, our wahine, we we provide for everything, but like yeah, and and then they come here and it's like, well, what am I supposed to do? And then if they cannot do that, like then that's when the failure really sets in because they're failing their inside, their inner, you know, instincts to do yeah. things. Whereas the Europeans have kind of like, you know, it's still in there, but you know, yeah. they kind of had a lot of things handed to them. Yeah. And then it, it like, you know, like what you're saying before, and we instantly equate like, failure with like being inadequate and it's just like it's not the same like just because you failed or and it's like well how is it even a failure because you're not doing what like hundreds like hundreds of years before you has narrated for you and it's like why is my story from like my ancestors stories from back in the day defining my story now and yes and to some degree it definitely should but not in the embodiment of you know what it means to be a man um, and I can't speak on what it means to be a man because I am not one and I will not do that for the men. But it, I don't like how, because the ancestors weren't allowed to talk about their feelings, the men now can't. Well, I, I think uh, there's, a, there's, there's also studies that show that, like, that tall poppy syndrome stuff, Yeah, it kind of yeah. came from the, uh, it was the lumberjackers back in, you know, like the people yeah. that came over to cut trees and then the Great Depression happened and everyone died. Oh, not yeah. even died, but people were dying in New Zealand, and then uh, the lumberjackers are like, "Oh, we'll be, we'll be right. We need to." And you know, you got to be tough 
you got to be tough yeah. then. And there was no more jobs yeah, everyone, yeah. Yeah, during the Great Depression. So they went out and they were doing lumberjack stuff. And yeah. that, it was that culture that they brought over, which was, yeah. fuck, you got to fucking hurry up. We've got to cut trees, you know, that kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Just, nah, it's, it's, it's a lot of unlearning that we're going to have to do now, you know. And, like, that's the other thing, um, that saying. Sorry, I was just looking at the time. I do have to leave in two minutes because I have a meeting. Okay. Um, but uh, it goes to that saying, like, it's funny and it's put in memes and I've laughed at my fair share um, of the men ain't, I'm not, I don't like cussing on stuff, but like men ain't S. You know? shit. And the, the men ain't shit. I'll say it for you. I used to laugh at that stuff all the time, you know? Um, but it, I stopped saying it because it was like, you know what? Like men already have it in them that they're not allowed to be this. They're not allowed to be that. They're not allowed to express feelings of not being, you know, um, whatever. Um, why should I add to it? by saying something like that. Mm. Um, and then it came down to how can I expect the men to want to believe in me and my career and my sport when I'm out here saying something like that? That's right. Yeah. We've got to be the poly men. It's, it's about being part of the solution and not part of the problem. Well, it was also like, it's the energy I put out. I can't be t- out here talking about men ain't whatever. And then expecting them in the same breath being like, Hey, why aren't you supporting women's basketball? Yeah. yeah true. It's why very... would you? I'm out here talking about men ain't S like, yeah. <sighs> Anyway, thanks for letting me know that you had to go. Shit. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I just We were getting into out. it. We were getting to some beefy conversations we were having. It was, it was good, eh? I know. See, I told you. I said, this is going to be shit. And then then I sent you, remember, I sent you like podcasts. I was like, this was a hard listen, Panina. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and you're like, why? What did I do? And I was like, man, uh, I don't know, Panina, but you're dealing with the best right now. Okay. But anyway, I'll let you go. Thank you so much, Penny, and I really appreciate you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate we're, it. We're coming back again. We, we, when you have more than just, you know, a couple of minutes, we'll get you back on and we'll finish this convo. Yeah, sounds okay. good. Um, head off to your meeting. Um, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And, yeah, keep going hard, man. I'm following what you're up to. Man, your team is stacked, man. Oh, we're good. should be smacking like, everyone. Painfully good, yeah. Yeah. You got you yeah. got. You got um, you got Izzy on your team? God damn. I know. I know. So and, and, good. And can you, like, um, just tell Elizabeth uh, Cambodge um, um, <laughs> just to check her DMs because I've, I've slid in a few times. <laughs> 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 oh, no, don't tell her that. She'll probably beat, beat the shit out of me. Jesus Christ. All right. Take care, eh? Yeah, you too. All right. See ya. Yeah, I hope you guys, um, hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, I loved cutting it up with Penny. she's um she's a very intelligent and worldly person for a person of her age um but anyway just want to say a massive thank you for supporting um yeah like i said at the start of the potty if you want to help me out go to the patreon help a brother out um but anyway have a good one and we'll see you on the next episode